Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jones. Bowden. He's got it. Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello, and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. And if you can hear a dog barking in the background, it's probably an England supporter because it wasn't a good day for England. The first test in the new stadium of Ahmedabad, a magnificent looking venue, and England's batting did not honour it in any shape or form. 112 all out, and India replied with 99 for three. And Simon, you were watching from the Oval, <laughs> which actually is, a, is quite a smart ground in, in its way, but this new stadium is absolutely magnificent. Uh, unfortunately, in, as I say, England's cricket did not uh, really distinguish themselves at all. And, well, this is obviously a day, for a start, for the coach, either batting or bowling coach, to be wheeled out rather than one of the players. Well, what about the selection coach as well, Yoz? We'll, we'll get on to England's uh, team selection today. Four seamers and one frontline spinner and India going with two and three. As for England's batting, well, 112 all out tells the story there was something in the pitch that there was and all nine of the 10 wickets fell to spin there was definitely enough assistance for India spinners on the first day the ball was ragging but it was also the it was the straight honor that did all the trouble uh, all the damage as far as England are concerned and you know they were missing straight balls they were getting pinned LBW perhaps playing for a little bit of turn or not quite sure whether the ball was going to turn or go straight on and they were completely undone and you'd have to say after the first day after one day of this game it already feels like game over yeah I, I agree and and it's not just because England are going to concede a, a substantial lead I mean you, you look at the the likelihood India are likely to make 200 plus and that's double England score and it really looks a 100-run lead on this pitch is going to be substantial. But I just I also worry about England batting in the second innings. Not enough players look as if they can handle these conditions or the, the twin spin attack of 
Ravi Ashwin from one end and Axar Patel from the other. They don't look as if they've got a plan, apart from, obviously, Joe Root and, and clearly, actually, uh, Zach Crawley, who played really well today and perhaps had the benefit of playing the new ball when it was probably the easiest time to bat, in a way, and he picked up a few boundaries. But I thought his play against the spin also was good. And actually, I looked at his interception points, the, 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 the moment in which he makes contact with the ball against the spinners on a Hawkeye graphic, and it was good. He got well, well forward and he got well back, and he never got caught in between, which is the, the fatal place, which, in fact, Joe Root found himself in today, which is why he was out. But I just feel with the other players... Ben Stokes, for example, just looked mm. in the same way as in the last test against these kind of spinners on this sort of pitch. He doesn't look as if he's got any options. And here's a, a little revealing stat that in the innings as a whole, there were over 200 dot balls and only about 20 singles or something like that. There were about 15 boundaries as well. So England are not good at just rotating the strike, just keeping the bowler under pressure, just finding a way to make a few runs and, and and break the shackles. It doesn't mean going down the wicket and playing booming drives. It just means trying to upset the bowler's rhythm by moving up and down in the crease and maybe the odd sweep. And, and Joe Root has shown himself highly proficient at that, but not enough of the other players know how to do it. Yeah, there were 17 fours and no sixes in England's innings, all out for 112, six extras as well. Stokes' form quite worrying in these conditions I mean we know that Ravi Ashwin has got the the wood over him he's got him out 10 times in in test match cricket so how would you like to have seen Stokes play today there was once where he he came down the pitch and belted it out towards the long on boundary uh, for four but it was what six from 24 balls so there was what three scoring shots in his innings and in the end he got pinned on on the back foot by uh, Aksha Patel LBW I, I, when we've seen him bat before, he obviously likes to have a bit of time in the middle. And, and I know that generally is, is the way. But his, his reverse sweeping, for example, is outstanding. He hasn't played one in the last two innings. Now, whether he's decided that he has to wait until he's in, if you like, 25 balls or so, 30 balls before he tries that sort of stuff, maybe. And I know that is the kind of overall philosophy survive those first 20 30 balls and then it'll be become easier but he doesn't look as if he's going to survive those 20 or 30 balls the way he's playing so I think he's got to look to do something different and maybe it's just softer hands maybe it's little dink reverse sweeps rather than full-blooded ones but somehow he's got to put the balls off and at the moment they're all over him Compare this pitch to the the one in Chennai, which we described as poor. The ball has turned on the first day. It's turned quite considerably at, at times, and there's been some uneven banks as well. How, in your book, how does the, the how do the two pitches compare? Marginally better this one because it doesn't. It's not exploding off a length. Although Joe Root got one nasty ball from Bumrah, which hit him on the gloves, which was just back at a length and really reared up. Nothing else has has bounced alarmingly, and I think bounce is the thing that. That, that should be outlawed on the first day. If the ball, if the ball is really bouncing unevenly, then that that makes it sort of semi-dangerous, even against a spinner. But if it's turning, the odd one's turning and the odd one's not turning. That's that's okay to mm. me. I, it's not a good pitch, clearly. You know, it's it's it, you know it's crumbling already. I saw footmarks appearing after 
five overs, you could see already the fast bowlers digging a small hole. There's a lot of debris around the batting crease and the bowlers running into bowl Broad and Anderson this afternoon or this evening, landing in a, a, a mini sort of crater already dug. Well, that shouldn't be happening on the first day. And that suggests the pitch is underprepared or you know not, not solid enough. It's going to break up. Whether it will get a lot worse, that's the question. And in fact, in Chennai, that second day, pitch of the second test didn't actually get a lot worse it just stayed very difficult and and you could play on it if you had a a plan and if you weren't confronted by high high class spinners this one yeah I I mean it's not great is it it's not going to last more than three and a bit days this test match so you'd have to say it's, it's a poor pitch but not quite as bad as the last one yeah, and, and I think we should also make clear as well, I mean, there's been, there was a lot of comment after the, the last Test match about us labelling the, the pitch poor and uh, India support saying that was sour, sour grapes. Uh, there, there's a difference between a poor pitch and England playing poorly, and uh, and that's what's happened today. It, England have not adapted to the, the circumstances. They've been outskilled by India, two uh, fine spin bowlers, two, you know, for this service, Ravi Ashwin, three for 26, Acha Patel, uh, six for 38, you know, good spinners, and England not been able to to cope with them they've been outskilled outplayed and I actually I had the start of the series and there's nothing that's happened in the series that's sort of persuaded me otherwise I I feel that England can win a match batting first and of course they did do that in Chennai but they would really struggle to win a match batting second but I felt India could win batting first or batting second and it, at the moment of course they're they're well on the way uh, to doing that bowling England out for 112 England picking up three wickets uh, before the close I mean is there any way out for England here, I mean, it's hard to see it. I mean, I agree with you. If, if India get a lead of... You'd you think from here they'd get a minimum lead of 100, wouldn't you? Absolute minimum. Even if England bowl well and things go for them uh, on the second day, you'd think India would be booked in for a, a 100 lead. And, of course, it could be much more than that as well. And that would be, you know, absolutely you know, a killer for them, really, if they're facing a lead of 150, 200. Uh, you know, you, 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 you think they have absolutely no chance, really. They'd have to score 350 to put India under pressure in, in the final innings of the match. I mean, is that how you see it? Even though England picked up three wickets, they did create some chances as well. Coley was dropped by uh, Pope. There was that one that Stokes took low down early on, and we'll talk about that in, in, in just a moment, the sort of the technology aspect to, to the day's play. Uh, there was the LBW shout as well against Gill that was umpire's call. And so, that, you know, they, they did create some chances, but but perhaps, you know, not, not enough. And it's not easy, is it, as well? That's the other point. It's not easy for the bowlers to bowl a team back into the match when you've been dismissed, when the batsmen have been dismissed for 112. No, that's a good point. And England had the luck of winning the toss, but they didn't capitalise on it. So, really, they didn't deserve any good fortune elsewhere. They, they squandered it by the way they batted. Actually, a little word for, for the Indian spinners. I think that Axa Patel really surprised me. You know, we looked at the Sri Lankan spinner, the, the left-arm spinner, Ed Buldenia, and I said I thought he was a better bowler than Axa Patel. I probably think he still is, but I think Axa Patel was impressive today because he just bowled a relentless line and length, and that's where I say England have to find a way to, to upset him because he's able to just come on and sling them down and... There's not a massive amount of thought and an artistry to his bowling. It's just good control. The old ball turns, uh, and most of them don't. England played for a lot that they thought would turn, which didn't. They didn't get out to the big turning deliveries. Mm. And what he did do well was he bowled straight. And actually, this is something that Graham Swan talked about on our virtual cricket club a while back. He said England spinners are not taught to bowl at the stumps. 
certainly acts up a tell with a slightly round arm slingy action so he gets the drift into the right hand as an, an occasional spin away does bowl at the stumps and it, it does make him very effective on a pitch like this which the old one's turning but but a lot of them are not ashwin absolute artist you know how he got joe root out for instance you know he'll go over the wicket he'll go round the wicket he'll toy with the batsman's footwork and he just he really unsettled root by simple tactics, a couple of quicker ones, a couple of slower ones, just slightly fuller, slightly shorter. And in that over in which Root was out, he went back to one, tried to work it into the leg side, couldn't get off strike. Then the next one was a little bit fuller, and so he got right forward to it. Then the next one was a little bit quicker, and Root thought it was shorter, went back from round the wicket, and he just got stuck. Very unusual for him, actually. He wasn't forward or back. He got pinned on the crease, LBW. And that was... Ashwin, just clever changes of pace and angle and trajectory and in the end got his man. High-class bowler, uh, Ravi Chandran Ashwin, we know that, and he's approaching 400 test match wickets. Root's decision, he was LBW, it was just clipping the, the, the top of leg stump or the outside of the top of leg stump. England had three umpires' calls LBWs uh, today and then when they bowled uh, Stuart Broad had a, an umpire's call against Gill that wasn't given out uh, there's a lot of conjecture about um, you know with three reviews uh, is it okay actually just to have home umpires umpiring series in the future and uh, there's that argument that's been put forward and you know if they're the best umpires then that's fine uh, my feeling about it is I mean it was, it was noticeable as well it, I mean England getting testy aren't they with, with the umpires we saw Coley in the last test he was charking against the umpires as well and we saw it from England uh, today they were very unhappy uh, with the, the the catch that was given uh, not out Gill edging it low to Stokes one thing it's, it seems to me with with the use of, of home umpires is that if the umpires call LBWs start to go against the away side then they start to get twitchy so for, for me you know just take all that out of it just go back to independent umpires and then you don't have that sort of sense of you know of, of grievance here I mean it, it does go back a little bit to that short leg catch in the last match where they didn't run through all the technology and I, I'm sure that you, you just sense that that really needled England and there were one or two others as well the the, the stumping against Rohit Sharma in the, in the last game when he was given out later on it looked identical to the one he was given not out to earlier in the game I actually think the umpire has been pretty good in this mm. uh, test series so far perhaps the third umpiring uh could have been a little bit better but yeah. the, the, you know, the standing umpiring has, has been you know okay i think it's just one of the, you know it's one of those things but actually if the if the umpire's calls keep on going against you it, i think it does needle the away side that's why i think it's just better for everybody it takes every all that out of it you just have independent umpires and I think also in this unusual circumstances at the moment of COVID and umpires unable to travel, if you can't have independent umpires, get rid of umpires call. And we just have 50% or more of the ball hitting the stumps is out and less than 50% of the ball is not out. And it doesn't matter what the umpire's decision was. While there is a, a, a danger or a possibility of accusations of bias, just re re remove umpire's call entirely anyway from LBWs and, and that soft signal as well. We don't need that. We just have the third umpire making the decision regardless again of whether the on-field umpires have set out or not out. And that, that way, nobody can be accused of bias. They're just using the technology to get the right decision. 
then if we go, I know that umpires themselves will say, well, if we remove umpires' call in the future from all cricket, then there's not much point in the umpires being out there at all. So I, I see that uh, complaint. And so maybe, you know, you reinstate umpires' call to give them at least some responsibility uh, once it's independent umpires again. But how, how would that work then? I mean, does that not mean that every LBW shout would have to be referred uh, to, the, to the technology? Uh, maybe. But I mean, some are so obviously out that uh, just, they just the batsmen might as well walk off. Maybe that you could look at a system where if you do review it, you know, you still got a certain number of reviews that you can uh, use up. Uh, certainly, the, the danger of accusations of bias is there at the moment with umpires' call, and I mean, they have been pretty good these umpires, but in this particular Test match, this first day, England certainly didn't get the rub of the green. What did you think of the low catch? Um, ben Stokes absolutely convinced it was out. Shubman Gill edging not it. Not out. Not out. I mean, I, I, I felt that how, how, there's no way the third umpire could give it out on the evidence that no. he saw. And, and the thing is, I don't care what ben, ben Stokes thinks, actually, because you can't tell as the fielder if it definitely didn't touch the ground or not. Mm. You really can't. You think it might not have mm. because you think you've got your hand underneath it. But the, 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 you know, there's like, could be a nanosecond where it just touches the ground and you have no real, no real way of knowing. Your fingers aren't that sensitive that you can know exactly when your f- fingers were under it and whether the ball touched the grass or not. Undoubtedly touched the grass in that case. So even though he thought he caught it, mm. he didn't. It was a strange one, actually. I mean, you don't see uh, low ones like that very often because he actually caught it and then his hands went down and and, and the ball seemed to brush the ground. Uh, normally, it's whether it's carried, isn't it? But this one was a, a very different one. I think one of the points that England were making was that we didn't see many angles. You just saw one angle, you know, front on, and the third umpire made his decision, no, no, it's definitely touched the ground. But we, we saw a while back, didn't we? Tony Gregg did a great experiment where he... Basically, he, he he held the ball low to the ground in his fingers, and from a distance, from a camera from a distance, it looked clearly as though the ball uh, had touched the ground. And then they brought a camera really close up, and it showed that his fingers were underneath the ball, and the ball was off the ground. And that's the problem with uh, television, what we call foreshortening, and it's and it's a problem. It's always been a problem with those low catches that they you know they look. Uh, not out when actually they could be out because often the fingers are underneath the ball but it, it looks as though the ball's on the ground anyway it was given not out that was another one that England you know felt went against them they felt you know the umpires called uh, perhaps were going against them today but I mean the bottom line is whatever you want to say about you know umpires call low catches umpiring that England have just not played well enough uh, today they know that they must know that and you know it feels as if they're they're well out of this uh, test match one thing we haven't talked about, yours, England's selection for this game. So yeah, I was just going to. I'm yeah. about to bring that up. So, yeah. so in India, going with with two frontline pace bowlers and three spinners. Although you know Washington Sunder hasn't bowled yet, and England going with four seamers or you know three mainline seamers and one frontline spinner. So no Don Bess, Moen Ali's gone home. What what did you make of England's selection? It feels like Calcutta back in the early nineties when. Uh, England pick, yeah. England picked four pace bowlers and, and one spinner, and India did complete opposite and went with spin uh, heavy, and they won the match by eight wickets. 
<laughs> I, I was there actually and it was it was slightly embarrassing and it is embarrassing this time as well I, I think you, you must go in with a balanced attack on these pitches and the, the day-night stuff uh, is a bit of a myth or an illusion that you think they're gonna, wickets are all going to fall to seamers in the twilight you know when India were all out for 36 in Adelaide that was in the daylight mm. that was in the afternoon when they got bowled out and I, I've done some research on it actually and the ball does seem to move a bit more under lights sometimes, but not always. And actually, more wickets have fallen in other periods during day-night test matches than definitely during twilight. So whether England were seduced into their four-seamer attack by the fact the prospect of bowling under lights with a pink ball, I'm not sure. But you've got to look at the surface. And to me, the surface from about the fifth over, I, I actually put on Twitter, this is mm. going to turn big after five overs. So they must have been able to tell from looking at it that it didn't have a huge sort of substance to it. It didn't look firm. It looked as if it was going to crumble. And therefore, you've got to pick two spinners. Poor old Jack Leach uh, feels a bit uh, alone there, sort of waging one a war on his own from one end uh, while the seamers rotate from the other. England desperately needed another spinner. If they had had, they would also have got at a stronger lineup with the bat, with, with Bess in the lineup at number eight. You can't have Joffre Archer batting at number eight. And by the way, I was a bit disappointed in Archer's bowling today. I think he must be not fully fit. So he's got that thing on his elbow mm. and he's certainly not slipping himself pace-wise. Whether he was finding the footholds not, not so good, I, I don't know. But no, I, I think England got it wrong. And they should have played two spinners and they needed a bit more depth in the batting. And, and if you're Don Best looking at that surface, I mean, any self-respecting spinner would want to bowl on a surface like that. And whether it, whether it will knock his confidence, the fact that England uh, didn't select him for this game, I'm sure they'll select him for the next game uh, because it's a, it's a day match and it's, it's in Ahmedabad and presumably the ball will, will spin again. But looking at that, he said, well, surely this is a, a test match for me. But do England trust him enough? I, I think they were... They, you know, they were a bit seduced by the pink ball. It seems to me that was their plan. The pink ball is going to do plenty for our seam bowlers. But of course, one one thing we should reiterate on all this: you can have all these plans, yours, and it, you know it might well be that if England if England had scored three hundred, it might be that the the, the seamer policy, which which they feel gives them a bit more control, might have worked with the one spinner and, and and root as well. But of course, if you get bowled out for one hundred and twelve. Then you know you've got no chance, have you? Really, it's, it's so difficult. You're always chasing the game, so you know you, you, you know you could even have two spinners, and it, it probably wouldn't have made much difference if you, if you get if you get bowled out for so few in your first innings. I mean, you, you know, you, you're almost you, you're not giving the game away, but it's it's a long way to giving the game away. Well, interestingly, after that rather disappointing first day's play from an England point of view, they didn't wheel out the coach or uh, the selectors or anyone like that. They actually wheeled out Zach Crawley. And he was talking quite modestly at the start about the fact that he had the benefit of batting against the new ball. And then he talks about England's disappointment that some of the decisions today didn't go their way. But really, he feels they've only got themselves to blame. I think it was easier to bat against the Seamers. Um, so, you know, I managed to get to... You know, 30, 40 before the spinners came on. Uh, that might have something to do with it. And I don't, it's, you know, it's never easy starting against um, spin over here, especially in, in these conditions against their bowlers. So, you know, it, was, it wasn't easy. But that said, you know, we, we know we're going to be, um, you know, we should have got a few more runs. And, and you know, uh, if we'd have got 200, I think 
a nice competitive score to, to put us in the competition. But you know, we're a bit short, but a good day tomorrow if we start back. We were preparing for nets and um, it was doing quite a lot for the seamers. And um, you know, a few days out, it looked like there was a lot of grass on the wicket. Uh, they obviously shaved that grass off and quite a bit today, but you know, I think our bowlers could, could easily take um, you know, 20 weeks on this wicket uh, on this pitch, you know, the standard they are. And like I say, we didn't really help them with uh, with the lack of runs, but we can put that right in the second innings. We're behind the game, we need those little 50 50s to go our way, and it seemed like none of them went our way today, and that's you know, that's just the way it goes sometimes. And um, it certainly went that way today. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating, you know, we desperately want to win. And, you know, it doesn't help, doesn't help our chances of winning when the 50-50s don't go, go against us. But like, it's out of our control and, you know, you just keep trying to do better. And um, hopefully we play better tomorrow and, uh, you know, don't even need 50-50. Well, that was Zach Crawley and he speaks uh, similarly to the way he bats, actually, with poise and intelligence and good understanding and yes let's hope for a better day for England tomorrow. It's an interesting spectre actually setting up uh, with this test series now with India obviously on top after the first day of the third test. Now if they go on to win this test match and the next one they will qualify for the World Test Championship final but if they win this test match and then England win the final game so it's a two-all series Actually, Australia will go into the World Test Championship final. So there's this weird spectre of Australia cheering on England, if not in this test match, then certainly in the one to follow. All quite bizarre, really. But there we are. That's what the World Test Championship is. And of course, the final will be on June the 18th, likely to be at the Aegeus Bowl and New Zealand already there. Who else will it be? We'll find out over the next few days. We'll be back to report on the second day of this third test match from Ahmedabad at this time tomorrow. Hope you can join us then. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.